Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and we welcome you in. Hope you had, had a nice weekend, of course. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. Now, you, you said something interesting when we were talking to Thomas Gable, and he was talking about the Cowboys. You always start with your handicapping with the quarterback, and then what I think you like to do is you like to go quarterback V coordinators, right? You then, But yeah. the, b- defensive coordinators – obviously an important part to handicapping. And so what we did here is we're going to juxtapose the list that PFF came out with as far as their best defensive play callers, Michael, then we'll throw yours up as well. So let's just go ahead and take out the list from PFF first. And you can take a look, Leslie Frazier there in Buffalo. They got one, they got Dan Quinn there, the Cowboys two, Dennis Allen, of course, now the head coach there with new Orleans three, Raheem Morris, and then Josh Boyer. And Joe Barry with the Packers thoughts on their list to start. Then we'll get to yours. Well, I, I mean, obviously Josh Boyer was, you know, Brian Flores did a lot of, a lot of changing to what they were doing in, in Miami. So he was involved. Same thing with Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier. I don't think, but I don't think Buffalo beats you with their calls. I think Buffalo beats you with their ability to, uh, you know, get the lead play from ahead. No disrespect to Leslie Frazier. He's from the, you know, he's from the Mike Tomlin, Marvin Lewis school of, of, of defense. So to me, being a great defensive play caller, the prerequisite, the criteria is, can you get blitzers home free? Can you, can you create really good play in the red zone? Can you keep people from scoring? And can you do it time and time again? And I think Dennis Allen on their list is one of the best uh, from their list to me because, you know, he's able to disguise coverage. He causes problems for Brady. He's able to, you know, each week kind of have an answer during the game to try to figure out what they have to do to solve the puzzle. So, you know, I I don't think we give enough credit to the defensive coordinator. You know, one of the things that, you know, let's go back to TG's conversation about the Cowboys. I mean, the Eagles last year, for all the hype that they've gotten, when they played against six really good quarterbacks, Brady twice, Mahomes, Derek Carr, Prescott, and Herbert, those six, they gave up. There was only 36 times the ball was on the ground. I mean, Jonathan Gannon interviewed for a head coaching job. I don't know quite what, what he did last year to deserve a head coaching interview, but he did. And Are they going to be good enough on defense scheme-wise? 
I mean, that that's a concern. You know, offensively, are they going to be good enough at the quarterback position? Whereas Dallas, you know, Kellen Moore is highly thought of as an offensive coordinator. I'm not over the top. I think Kellen Moore struggles with adjustments the longer the game goes. But I do think their offense is good. So for me, I don't think the defense coordinator gets enough credit for being the right call at the right time and making the offense play left-handed, which I think Dennis Allen does a great job of doing. Before we get to your list, let's talk about some of the innovators. You know, I don't think many realize that Tom Landry, remember, he was he was a defensive coordinator, an innovative de- defensive yeah. coordinator with the Giants back in the day when Lombardi was the offensive coordinator, but obviously Belichick and others. Who would you say as far as innovation along the way from a defensive perspective and coordinator perspective? Well, I think just over the landscape. I mean, I think Pete Carroll, when he was in Minnesota with Floyd Peters and Monty Kiffin, they all kind of came up with what his version was of a cover three defense, which they're still running at the Jets. They run some variation of it. It's all throughout the league. But that was an innovative. And then Tony Dungy, when he went down to Miami, Mm -hmm. when he went down to Tampa Bay with, with Monty Kiffin, they converted that into what we now know of Tampa 2. So there's always variations and moderations of certain schemes that people are utilizing based on the rules. And a lot of it starts and ends with disguise of coverage. I think the best defensive coordinators, like Josh Boyer, for example, early in the year when Josh Boyer was playing a lot of man-to-man, he was getting toasted. When he went back and played more zone and mixed things up, the best defensive coordinators play a combination of one-third man coverage, one-third zone coverage, and one-third zone man blitzes. So why is that so important? It's because it keeps the, D off, the quarterback kind of guessing what is he doing. I think one of the things that D'Amico Ryans did a wonderful job last year in San Francisco replacing Salai was he was able to diversify their portfolio and play more than just their cover three scheme. He played some two. He got some man situation, even though he didn't have great corners. I think it helps you to be able to get the quarterback at the line of scrimmage and not know what you're in. If you tell Brady or Rodgers or any of those guys, if they can read your mail, it's over. Is it as frequent? And we'll get ready with Michael's list here in a second. Is, is it as frequent where we know a lot of offensive minds get hired to be a head coach, and they stay on as the play caller. Does that happen equally when a defensive-minded head coach, is he calling the defensive game plan as well? Like, will Dennis Allen this year call the defense there with the Saints? I I think he should. I think the reason he got the head coaching job is he's the best coach on the staff. So why Mm. would you replace the best play caller with a second-best play caller? You know, I mean, Zimmer did it in Minnesota, and he was always a good play caller. Vic Fangio did it in Denver, and he's always been a very good play caller. I I think you've got to be able to call the game. I think the part of it is if you're not going to be involved in all three phases, which Fangio clearly wasn't, you know, Zimmer really wasn't either, other than just complaining they didn't run the ball. You know, and in the kicking game, neither of them were that involved. I think you've got to be able to then call it. I, I would like the head coach, who's a really good play caller, to call it but have somebody that he's training to eventually take over to call it so that he can become a true head coach. Let's take a look at your list. looks very different and for good reason. Wink Martindale, who I think Baltimore, again, I'll let you take it. Uh, Dennis Allen, who's now the head coach, but again, like you just said, going to be calling plays there. Vic Fangio, of course, Todd Bowles, and then Raheem Morris. Those are your top five. uh, How Todd Bowles isn't on PFF's list, I have no idea. I mean, first of all, you can't run the ball against him. I mean, he literally cannot run the ball against him. The way he schemes you against the run, you're done. And so he makes the game left-handed immediately just by that. That's why they led the league in passing attempts thrown against him last year because people just went into the game saying, we're not going to throw it. We can't run it. We're going to try, but we can't. 
And once you become one-dimensional as an offense, it's hard to beat them. I mean, I think Todd Bowles is also a really good play caller. He's got, he's got creativity with his blitzes. He understands how to attack protections. One of the advantages that I think Martindale, all these guys on this list, all could go over and teach to a clinic offensive line protection schemes. This is the most important thing in all of football is how is the line protecting their passer? And then what's the rules in those protections? And then these guys come up with ways to defeat the rules. I think if you watched, I think Dan Quinn did a great job. I don't think Dan Quinn's a top five play caller yet, but I think he, he grew last year as a, as a coach because he got away from the, the Pete Carroll style of defense that he learned in Seattle, and he changed. Now, by the end of the year, he didn't really have an answer for some of those blitzes and some of his calls. People kind of got a handle on him. If you look at his numbers at the end of the year, people were moving the football on him, and if they didn't turn it over, they were in trouble. So he's going to have to adjust to his adjustments. These guys, I think, do a really good job. When Raheem Morris took over for Dan Quinn in Atlanta with the same personnel and modified the personnel schemes, Atlanta's defense actually got better. So that's why I like Raheem. I think Raheem's the defense got better in Los Angeles once once Brendan Staley left. You know, I think it even proved too because I think Raheem does a really good job week in and week out of attacking protections, breaking down the protections, and getting free runners to the quarterback. Look, the reason you blitz, the reason you're sending pressure is for two things. You want the ball to get out of the quarterback's hand quicker, or you want to just you want to just take make them throw the ball to a receiver short of the first down, what we call throw it hot. Throw it hot, we tackle, we're off the field. And I think all these five guys do a great job with that. As far as blitzing, I'm thinking the Ryan family with their corner blitzes. Are there innovative blitzers? Well, yeah, I mean, I think Martindale is certainly in that category. I think Vic is. I mean, look, Belichick's very innovative with his blitz package. I mean, I didn't put Bill on the list, and certainly he belongs on as the top five play caller because he's got Gerard Mayo and Steven Belichick calling too. So I kind of wanted to, to kind of spread that out. But I do think, yeah, there, there are certain ways to attack. What you have to do, it's not – you don't sit in your office as a defensive play caller and draw blitzes. You sit in your office and study the protections of the team you're playing. Mm. And then you figure out what is the hole in this protection. What is the what causes them the most problems? And that's when you start to build your blitz package. You know, Allen probably feels a little more comfortable calling the defensive plays because he has been a head coach before. I think there's probably a part of right. him that understands the the – the gravity of the responsibility and what goes into it, correct? Yeah, I mean, and in fairness to Dennis Allen, his first stint at the Raiders, they took over for, remember, Al Davis passed away. They were in cap hell. The team was horrible, right? And so they needed a cleansing, a complete cleansing. And he took over almost an expansion team. And, you know, it, it didn't go well for him in his first stint. Uh, and I'm sure Dennis is a smart guy and he's learned from it. But his reign going back to Denver, going back to New Orleans has been very good. You know, and he's been able to do it. He mixes things up. He creates confusion by the quarterback. He turns the ball over. You know, it isn't just reckless football. You know, there's guys in the league that blitz just to blitz, and they play. Like, for example, Steve Spagnola is really good at times, but unless he has a really good free safety who gets everybody lined up in communication like he had with Mathau, they'll blow coverages left and right, and the mm -hmm. guy's running home free. The worst thing you want to do as a defense coordinator is give free access touchdowns. And what does that mean? That means the, 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 the offense had a free guy going into the end zone. That's, that's the complete violation. Whereas sometimes Spagnola, because if he doesn't have that guy back there at free safety, it's hard for him.
My assumption is Fangio, he's taken a year, right? But it, they'll be lining up to yeah. grab Fangio to run a defense next year, I, I would assume. Oh, I, I think he could have he could have named his job this year. Yeah. And certainly he will next year once he wants to come back. You know what's weird? I, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've seen Dennis Allen speak much. He doesn't – he might be a little bit more reserved, right? Even with the, as a head coach, you know, media's changed since when he was the last time a head coach. But I haven't really seen – I don't know a ton about his personality. I, I think he's – I think he's learned from what happened in, in, in Oakland when he was there the last time. He I was think, young. And, and we'll see if that play – yeah, I mean, both he and McDaniels have to prove that they learned from the first time. I think they both will. And I think two teams, frankly, just as an aside, two teams that are underrated this year, the Raiders and the Saints. Did you see the quotes? Yeah, the Saints. Did you see the quotes, by the way, from Darren Waller about uh, the new wide receiver in the room and Devontae Adams? No. He said – he leaves them speechless daily at practice, Devonte Adams. Wow. That's Waller. Yeah. Come back with, interesting, we're going to stick with the East. Daniel Jones, I got some questions. That's next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the VSEN summer special is here and it's only $19 through the end of July. So throughout the summer here, sign up today and you'll get VSEN's daily best. It's int- it's worth it for 19 bucks just to get the baseball plays every day that we send to you and Adam Burke. NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, Michael Lombardi's premium articles in there as well. Point spread weekly every Wednesday which gives you the betting tools and everything you need to become a better, better. That's really what it comes down to. VSIN.com slash summer. That's VSIN.com slash summer. Okay. This is interesting. Michael Lombardi, of course, there on Patrick Maher. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. So this is literally a make or break year for Daniel Jones because the Giants declined that fifth year option. So he yeah. would then hit free agency. Um, but here's what's interesting Eli Manning had some supportive words for Daniel Jones last week. 
Eli said the lack of consistency has really hurt Jones. Eli went on to say, by my fifth year, I had the same offense the whole entire time. I was teaching newbies that were coming in the offense. I had it inside and out. Remember, Daniel Jones drafted in 2019. Pat Shermer and Mike Shula, offensive coordinator. Joe Judge the next year, Jason Garrett. Joe Judge the next year, Garrett was fired in season. Freddie Kitchens took over. So now he's got a new offense in Dayball and Mike Kafka. I mean, that is a lot of turnover for a young quarterback trying to find his way in Jones, Michael. No, no doubt. And if you're a supporter of Jones, you can cite that. I, I think if you're not a supporter of Jones, you can say simply, look, he doesn't play fast. The game doesn't flow to him quickly. It, it's a little methodical. He doesn't play with a sense of rhythm and timing that's needed, especially as the game heats up. And, and add in, too, if you want to defend him, how bad the Giants' offensive line was and how bad the Garrett's protections were in that offensive line scheme. So, look, it's make or break. Do I think he's going to break? I do. I don't think he's going to be good enough to see. I think the Giants, by refusing that fifth year, was a smart play, one of the smart moves they've done in recent years. I mean, look, let's put, put things in perspective. They won 22 games in the last five seasons, and yet they had, they're in cap hell. Think about that, Patrick. They're in cap hell, and they've won 22 games a lot. So you're paying a lot of money for a bad team. Yeah. And I think this is the first time under the direction of, uh, of, of the new regime that they're able to say, okay, we're going to just let him see what he can do. And they've got Tyrod Taylor to be the backup. We'll see what happens. I just think to me – when you look at him on third down, when you look at him when he has to stay in there and make a tight throw, when he has to make a quick decision, when things got to process quickly, I just don't think it happens. It's a little – he reminds me a lot of a quarterback, and I know Giant fans will get mad at this, but there was another quarterback at Duke named Dave Brown who mm -hmm. they drafted in the supplemental draft in the first round. He's very similar. Dave Brown had a lot of skills going for him. He just couldn't make quick decisions, and the ball didn't come out of his hands in a timely fashion. Jones's problem is different than, say, Mason Rudolph, who Mason Rudolph doesn't anticipate anything, so he holds the ball. Jones can, but he doesn't play with any quick twitch to his game. What are the expectations with Dayball and a guy that was highly sought after in Kafka, the offensive coordinator? What will the offense look like in your estimation? I, I think they'll try to be a little bit of, of, of what the Patriots were, the Chiefs, some of their spread stuff. But, again, I think it's going to come down to what can Jones – Jones is a really smart guy. I mean, it's not a question he can't handle it. It's a question of can he effectively execute it. So I think that's part of the problem here is this is going to be a little bit of a journey to find out what fits him. Now, you know, in practice, he's going against Martindale's defense, which is blitzing from different angles and different levels. So he's kind of getting used to having the game speed up to him a little bit. But I think it's going to be a work in progress. I really do. And I just don't think the Giants are a good enough team around him to, to be able to play and meet all their expectations, especially considering that, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to get blue chip play from their quarterback. I mean, let's just be clear. You know, I mean, they can improve in certain areas, but Jones has yet to play to the level. His best game in his NFL career was when he came off the bench and went in That's Tampa right. and played. That's right. I, I see what you mean about the quick twitch because he's a – he has legit long-legged speed. Like, when he gets the edge, he's, not, he's a great athlete. I mean, there is, there's a lot to like about Jones, but I see what you mean about the kind of quick twitchy. But, but when he gets the edge, I mean, he's one of the faster. He and Josh Allen are just freaks as far as their size. Now, as far as his support, the Saquon Barkley PR train is on the tracks. He's in the best shape of his life. 
uh, Kenny Galladay can't stay healthy. Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, you know, Darius Slayton, Wandell Robinson. I mean, it's okay. I mean, there's not a ton to support him. I mean, it's okay. It's good. Right. It's good. It's fine. If Galladay's healthy, but I mean, he's never healthy. His bigger issue is for the guy's been sacked a hundred times in his three-year career. Okay. So that's an issue. You know, last year he was only sacked 22 times because he only played in, I think he only started four games. You know, he played in seven. So that that's a problem. You know, and then the other issue really is his eye level. You know, he's never averaged anything above 6.5 yards per attempt. That's horrible. Mm. Patrick, that's horrible. Mm. That means you're not getting the ball down the field. That means you're not throwing it. You're not looking down the field. You're not making big plays. You know, he's had one fourth quarter comeback in his life. He's had, he's had three game-winning drives in his career. That's it. You know, so when the, when the game matters most, he, he hasn't really showed them that he can make everybody else better. And you say, well, the team around them's no good. I get that. But oftentimes, great quarterbacks make the team around them better. Well, okay, Deshaun Watson only won four or five games with, with the Texans two years ago. He didn't make them better. Fair point. Fair point. Give the kid a credit. This is make or break. This is make or break. I just don't see him having enough to make it. Let's throw up the Giants board for 2022. Of course, a four and 13 last year, the book, especially bet MGM expecting quite a jump. Look at that win total set at seven and a half. Now you got to pay a big price on the under at a dollar 60, but seven and a half, you got to get to eight wins. If you're betting over on a four win team last year, that's quite a turnaround. Yeah, you're putting a lot of faith in Dayball, Kafka, Martindale, Thomas McGahey, the, the, the special teams coach is back. you got to believe that they've improved their roster, have they? You know, I do think they have in some areas. You know, they have. They have improved the offensive line a little bit. You know, they drafted the Neil kid. He's going to play right tackle. Thomas is going to be a left tackle. He has not played well. You know, and then defensively, do they have enough? Thibodeau, uh, you know, he's got some hip injury that I don't know if that's going to keep him out, if he's going to be healthy. You know, the other issue you have with Martindale here is you got to be able to hold up on the uh, on the back end. I mean, he's going to blitz you, and your corners have got to hold up. Adoree Jackson's got to hold up. You know, Aaron Robinson's got to hold up. Danny Hall, all those guys have to hold up. They're not that talented back there in the secondary to do that. And if he doesn't pressure – you know, if Martindale doesn't get pressure and, and it's coming from Thibodeau, it's going to be hard. And that secondary get ex, gets exposed. I mean, let's be clear. They're not, a, you know, they've won 22 games in the last five years. It isn't because they were great. Give them credit. What I thought last year they did a great job of uh, with Patrick Graham as the defensive coordinator is they kept people out of the end zone. They were the ninth best team in red zone defense efficiency. Now, conversely, they were the worst team offensively. Yeah. Yeah, Gettleman had a rough run there. I mean, there's a lot you can't justify. You can't justify going. Yeah, they, well, you can't. Well, be, the only thing I can say about defending Gettleman is, is he just did what he the, the 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 organization was being run by people that wanted comfort and they wanted to run it. Now you see a little bit of the, the Jones not picking up the option. You're seeing a little bit of more objectivity. It isn't, you know, it's, I could understand drafting Daniel Jones in the first round. I completely, and we've all made mistakes in this, but at some point you've got to say to yourself, is he good enough? You know, is he good enough? And stop making excuses. And this is the year to really do that. Make or break it. I mean, that's it. This, this is essentially a year long for Dayball and Kafka who know a little something about quarterback play. This is a year long audition, right? There's really no other way around. Yeah, it. I think it is. And I, and I think deep down, they know it's not going to work. I, I think they signed Tyrod Taylor. First of all, we didn't even talk about it. I mean, can he stay healthy? Daniel Jones, 
mean, they signed Tyrod Taylor kind of as an insurance policy because they know they can get through the game. Plus, what Tyrod Taylor does is he's got good leadership skills. So he'll yep. buy into the program, and I think he'll help deliver the messaging that both that, that Dayball particularly wants to, to, to spread. And I don't know where this comes from. It's almost like the yips, like a second baseman throwing to first. But Daniel Jones got to hold on to the football. He drops the ball incessantly. Way too much. Way too much. He fumbles way too much. He doesn't protect the football, which is a problem. You know, I mean, it's a huge problem for him. And, and I think that when you break him down, it's because he doesn't play with control when the game's going fast. You know, he just doesn't play with that. And, and I think that's really a big issue for him. You know, and, and so I, I think that's that's going to be the biggest problem. Can he do it? I mean, you know, it, it, you know, I think what does he have? I think he's got like I want to say it's almost 37 fumbles in his in his career. Well, he 37 and Darnold, fumbles it, with the irony was, you know, Darnold when he was a jet to Darnold, just that they get the drops. They don't it's, hold the ball because the game's going too fast, you know, and they're, they don't, they're not playing with poor, you know, it's that old saying, Hey, hurry up, but slow down. Well, they never hurry up, you know, yeah. and they never get it going. So yeah, I think it's 37 fumble. I mean, he might've only lost like 20 of them, but it's 37 f- times the ball has been displaced. It's like, you know, one stat we never look at on the quarterbacks is how many times does the defense touch the other ball? How many times does the defense get their hands on the football? Because those are potential turnovers. You know, it's the conundrum, too, because great kid, great size, first one in, last one out, smart, obviously Duke. You're rooting for him. You're rooting for him. He's like the antithesis of Baker, but it's just, it may not, I I like the quick twitch point. I, I hadn't heard that before. Okay, coming up next, our buddy Josh Applebaum. He's got some advice for gamblers during the summer. That's next here on the Lombardi Line. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, you heard Brent Musburger. This is the Lombardi Line. Michael Lombardi, Patrick Maher. Of course, that is uh, our friend Josh Applebaum. We're presented by BetMGM. Josh, Market Insights joins us now, betting across America. And what I like about your notes today, Josh, first off, h- how are you? Hope you're doing well. The We're going to start with an NHL postseason recap, but then let's get into what you call the gambler's vacation, some some pointers when betting during the summer months. Hi, Josh. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Michael. Great to be with you, and congrats to all the you know, Colorado Abs backers out there. Obviously, the Abs get it done, win the NHL playoffs, win the Stanley Cup. Shout out to our guy Sunshine, who before the playoffs started had Cal McCarr 15-1 to to win the Conn Smythe. That obviously comes through, so great job by Sunshine. Uh, but interesting stuff here, guys, when you look at the NHL playoffs. So you look at last night's game, we saw a little bit of line movement toward Colorado. Some of these shops were, you know, minus 105, minus 110, kind of a pick number. But we did see the Avs creep up to around minus 115 on a lot of shops. So movement was going in their favor. And that really coincided with some uh, some of the best betting systems for the NHL playoffs. If you look overall, now that we can put a bow and ribbon on the NHL season, Favorites did very well. Remember, we went through an NBA playoffs where Chalk did very well also, but favorites in the NHL playoffs, 59 and 30, 66% overall, 10% ROI. Now, this wasn't a match, but the ultimate spot, and these are, to me, things to file away for next year, home favorites, getting that last ice change, 43 and 19, 69%, 15% return on investment. It's kind of incredible. You know, the abs entered the season, guys, as pretty much the favorite to win it, plus 600. Before the playoffs, they were plus 325. 
for the finals, minus 190. And Patrick, to your guy, Mike Stomach, I don't know if you texted him, but remember, he was really bullish on the abs. I bet he's happy today. Yep. Before game six, they were minus 450. What's really incredible, guys, you know, it's it's tough for me because I'm kind of the anti-parlay guy, but I don't know if you guys have mentioned this. This was an insane parlay that somebody cashed. I don't know who it was, uh, but TG, pouring out for TG today, he had to pay out $269,000 on somebody who parlayed the three champions. So this person, he bet 500 bucks. The odds were like, plus 53,000, some insane number. But before all these, uh, before the season for all these teams, this person had a parlay of the Rams plus a thousand to win the Super Bowl. He hits that, he or she hits that. The Abs plus 600 and the Warriors plus 600. So uh, again, wow. if you're putting 500, making 269, that's pretty good K, right? Uh, pretty good coin right there, guys. And again, it's hard enough to pick one champion. This person got the Rams, Abs, and Warriors. Unbelievable. Congrats to them. Must have been a big wow. Stan Kroenke fan. <laughs> two of the two of those. Well, wow, that's incredible. I wouldn't even, you know, that's a great tip there, Josh. I didn't even know you could actually tie all those three together, and the book takes them. So yeah, that's incredible. You know, that's pretty remarkable. That's a hell of a. That's a hell of a. I mean, that's a hard thing to hit. Now, I got to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, and the abs already open up. I don't see any reason they wouldn't be three and a half, four and a half to one on next year's Stanley Cup. This is. This is one of the better teams I've seen in my lifetime. They are so good. And it says a lot about the Lightning as well, who are going to be, Michael asked a good question earlier. What are they open? They open 10 to 1, tied with like the Rangers and one other team, uh, Las Vegas actually, Josh, for next year. You're exactly right, Patrick. So again, we always do this, you know, one season ends, whoever's the champion almost always will be the favorite next year. We saw with the Warriors who are, well, like plus 400, something like that. But uh, again, I don't like to bet these so, you know, far out. Obviously the person who won that huge parlay, they like to bet <laughs> it pretty early here, but you got a lot of time, but it just kind of is a good indicator of, okay, going into next year, what are we looking at for some numbers? Do any numbers jump out to us? As you mentioned, the abs plus 380, uh, the Leafs, the Lightning, the Panthers all around 10 to 1. Hurricanes 14 to one, the Golden Knights who just hired Cassidy from the Bruins 14 to one, uh, and my Boston Bruins. We do have Patrice Bergeron likely coming back 22 to one. So I'm not going to bet any of these numbers, guys. But to me, it's always interesting to you know see where the odds open right when the season ends. And let's see how these lines move, you know, as we go throughout the season. Gamblers vacation, reassessing your bankroll. You know, we're having fun with it, but this is July. This is going to be all baseball betting. I know Wimbledon uh, upon us as well and some golf, but uh, gamblers vacation, Josh, let's talk about this. Yeah, I think it's important. And, you know, anytime you see the NBA playoffs end, end and the NHL playoffs end, I think a lot of better say, okay, you know, I'm done betting. Let me take a break. Let me go on vacation. You know, let me go uh, hang out, do some other stuff. I'll, you know, call me when, uh, wake me up in September when football rolls around. But, you know, obviously at VEASAN, we'll be covering all the sports. It's going to be grinding MLB every day. I'm big into WNBA right now. I really enjoy sweating that. Michael, maybe we'll get some CFL talk, you know, and some win totals in the NFL over the summer. But I think what's really important is, you know, don't just kind of put betting to the side and say, okay, wake me up in a couple months. To me right now, guys, it's a great time to reassess your bankroll. And what that means is, uh, you know, looking at how you've done since September. So I think a lot of new bettors, they're kind of loosey-goosey sometimes, and it's not their fault. But, you know, you have a really good week. Okay, let me bet a lot more this next week. Or I struggled last week. Let me lay off or only bet, you know, a quarter unit basically. But as you guys know, I'm a big proponent of flat betting. So that means is having a you know disciplined approach to betting. And, and if you can do the Kelly criterion and weight your plays, all the power to you. But not all of us are, you know, smart enough and sharp enough to do that. So flat betting is basically unit size the same. And you're risking betting to risk, not betting to win 3% per play. So what do I mean by that, guys? If you started in September, a perfect example here. Let's say you started with $1,000 and you were betting 3% per play. So you were betting $30 a game. 
Fast forward to now, you finished up all the big major sports. It's gambler's vacation. Let's say between September and now you're up to $1,500. You had a pretty good year. You made you made $500 here. What you do is reassess your bankroll and now find your new unit size. So if you increase your, your, um, your payout there by 500 from 1,000 to 1,500, multiply that new number by 0.03, now you're risking $45 a game moving forward as opposed to your early $30. Now flip it. Let's say you had a tough year, some bad beats, things didn't go your way. You started with 1,000 in September, you're down to 500. Multiply that now by 0.03. Now you're risking $15 a game. So I think it's important now to kind of look back. And I think another th great thing, guys, is or a very important thing is, you know, have an app to track your bets. It's really important. We'll give you the tips at VEASAN, but do an autopsy on your plays. Learn about yourself as a better. Maybe you realize, hey, I had a, you know, a 50-50 and even year in the NFL. But actually, when I look at my bets, I did really well with spreads. I just got, you know, crushed with totals. So Learn about yourself as a better, track your bets, and reassess your bankroll. If you did well, uh, hey, maybe you tick that up a little bit. It's the same percentage, but you're risking more a game. If you struggled, you know, tape, uh, taper down a little bit. But again, I don't think it's a, hey, you know, wake me up in, in September, do some work right now, and also open up that account that you've been waiting to open up. Maybe you've just been so busy grinding sports every day. Now's the time to, hey, I got some free time. Let me open up that, you know, that extra account so I can shop for the best line. You know, Patrick, as, as Josh was talking about this, I, I think it's also important to study. You know, mm -hmm. if you're preparing for the NFL season and you're preparing for college football, I, I just think it's hard to be an expert in everything. Now, unless you have a system that you feel is foolproof and can guarantee you a profit, it's hard to be really foolproof in everything. It's hard to be great in college, hard to be great in college basketball, pro football, pro basketball, hockey, you know, and that's why the guide, our betting guide is so important every yeah. single week to help you along. But I think now that we have – less than 100 days before we kick off the NFL season. I think if you're going to play football, now's the time to study it. And that's what we hope to do here on the Lombardi line is to kind of keep talking about football more because this is the perfect time to prepare. You know, during the season, it's so hard. You get inundated. You have a weekly, you know, it's hard to kind of get yourself ready. Whereas you can go into the preseason kind of with an idea about these teams and about what you're looking for. I, I think it certainly helps you. So for me, giving out betting advice, I think sometimes you're better off when you don't play, especially a sport you don't know. That's you said it perfectly. And talking about the NFL, talking about college football in July, we're just trying to condition so when it when it comes around, you, you, those those stats and point spread weekly, where Mackinan hands out those wonderful stats and Michael with this inside information. We're, by the time football season rolls around, a lot of this should be immediate for you, and that's what planning, yeah. and that's what studying, and that's what conditioning yourself to the new market does. And Josh, well put about the flat betting. Flat betting just essentially is betting a percentage in accordance with your bankroll. So. And that's very, like, as your bankroll goes up, you take the 3% to 5% that most do, and you bet in accordance with where your bankroll is. So it's really well put. I mean, not a lot of people have the, I guess you would say, the responsibility, including myself. <laughs> they can't keep in their shoes all the time. Uh, but there are times when I'm charting things and when I'm journaling, I notice that I, I'm much more fastidious about my betting, Josh. 
Yeah, I think you're totally right, Patrick. And again, we all want to win. We all want to do well. But I think it's important to not, again, I see this uh, mistake. And again, it's not New Better's fault, but just being really up and down with your bankroll and what you're risking. I think if you get into the habit of just saying, hey, I'm going to you know, uh, set my bankroll, which again is your disposable income. You know, you can call it funny money, whatever you want. But that's the money you've set aside specifically and only for sports betting. So reassess, see how you've been doing. Again, make sure you have an app to track your bets. I think it's really important. And, and guys, as, as I'm saying that, my goal as we we do Lombardi lines over the summer is I'm going to try to throw an NFL win total at you guys. Every single day we do a show, see if we can make some money. And as Michael said, once we hit the ground with NFL, it just gets so crazy, so much, so fun, so exciting, but really all your work. If you didn't put in the work, you're kind of behind the eight ball. So now's the time in the summer where it is that gambler's vacation to say, Hey, maybe you'll d- dial down your sweats, but you know, increase your studying. Listen, once, once preseason gets here, it's just basically buckle up and we're on a ride uh, through February. I mean, that's yeah, really what that's it comes right. That's really what it comes down to. And that is college. Yeah, we'll we'll and sprinkle pro. in the world series. Yeah. Yes. We'll sprinkle in the world series of playoffs, but I mean, it's really, you know, that baseball is a long haul. That's a long, long haul in that baseball world. I could tell you that. And maybe some people are making money on it. God bless them. If they do to me, it's a long, long haul. Josh, tremendous job. Appreciate you market insights and betting across America. Thank you, buddy. Have a good Monday. Thanks, Josh. You too, guys. Appreciate Have a great you. day. All right. We started off the show talking about Jimmy G. I just came across something. The Jimmy G hate is real, and it's coming from his former teammates. Uh, this may surprise Michael when we come back with this next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi... Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits, like free bets and risk-free tokens. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points to BetMGM reward points and enjoy the strip, enjoy rewards at MGM properties. Valuable perks. Whenever you wager at BetMGM.com, you get points. It's a loyalty program. You got to be 21 years or older. And if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
the irony here on the Lombardi line, Michael Lombardi, of course, the irony is we started with Jimmy Garoppolo and potentially, you know, I, what I like the way you put it. You're going to start to see some of these videos pop up of him slanging it because that's the agent's way of saying to other teams, look, he's good. Um, but th- so there's a new podcast that's on uh, Sirius XM and it's called I Am Athlete. It's hosted by Brandon Marshall and Pac-Man Jones and they have a revolving cast of characters and they've gotten a lot of pub recently because when you're a former athlete respected like the two of them, you get athletes to come on and they can open up. Um, Julian Edelman was recently on and the host it asked him to reply to this. Um, Bennett, who is Martellus Bennett, remember the tight end there with the Patriots. He called out Jimmy Garoppolo for 2016 and he called him a B I T C H for not playing through a shoulder injury earlier in 2016. So they posed that to Edelman on the show and Edelman said, mostly diplomatically about Jimmy Garoppolo, but then he concluded with quote, I can understand why Marty thinks like that. Is this, it's a long winded way of saying, is this something I didn't realize that within the league players have an issue with Garoppolo and his toughness? You know, I I think certainly it could be. I, I, I think you've got to be concerned if you're taking on Jimmy, can he play through pain? I mean, you know, first of all, you know, Jimmy's falling in new England He's taken over a guy that could play through anything, Yeah, you know? So he set the standard of excellence and toughness. And everybody else around him, Marty Bennett included, and Julian, you know, probably. Now, you know, when you're dealing with the injuries that he had, sometimes it's hard to throw the ball with a bad shoulder. But I, I definitely think there's some element of it that's got to be a concern. Now, last year he played through the injury, so give him credit for that. But I do think durability is a huge concern. Do I think toughness is? No, I don't. I think he is tough. But I do think durability is a huge concern. Isn't that kind of persona non grata talking about another player's injury? I I thought that's kind of the code. Well, I think unless you felt like he didn't, you know, that it's something he should have been able to play through. You know, like, you know, but again, you're not privy to all the information either. So unless you feel like like that doesn't seem like that should be so bad. Right. You should be able to play through that. I I, I think, you know, look, your teammates want you to be tough, too. We want everybody to be tough. But sometimes and I say this as an executive, sometimes I'd rather have a player not play when he's hurt than play because he's better off because when he plays hurt. His liabilities end up hurting the team more than if he played than the backup. That's why we have backups. We've got a lot of ex-athletes taking shot. I'm sure you saw Warren Sapp, who used to be in broadcast. I don't think he is anymore. His own doing. Not anymore. No. He he said that the Ka- Kaepernick workout with the Ra- Raiders was a disaster. He's the only one reporting that. You know, and I, I, I've I've asked, and they said it was fine, so I've never really pursued further. Certainly, I don't think Warren would be the type, somebody did, did, that didn't tell him that. I don't think Warren's in the – he's really – he's a fisherman more than he's an insider, so <laughs> I don't think he would do that. However, you know, the, again, it's where did you get it? Evaluate the evaluation, you know? Like, I'm not saying Warren's lying at all, but right. what I'm saying is maybe the person who told Warren isn't exactly – the most reliable. I mean, it all goes back to that. It goes back to that's why we put so much confidence in a track record of being correct with these insiders of getting information out, you know, and, and we as the consumer and as a betting network, we have to do a better job of handling the information. 
we've learned that with Woj. I mean, that was a defining moment here at Visa. It really was. For, for me, at least, for me, at least, to understand that the market has more to it than Woj did and that people are going to lie to Woj. Now, there had to be, to me, the, the, it, it, it would make a fascinating 30 for 30 because somebody had, somebody made money on this. Somebody made a lot of money on this because, you know, it really didn't benefit anybody in Orlando to lie to to lie to uh, to Woj. This has got in, if this was in the stock market, it has insider trading written all over it. It's truly a seminal moment in sports betting. Because you and I were talking it that is. day. I mean, he's just never wrong. And whether it came from Orlando or somebody else that he really respected in another organization, maybe somebody drafting two or three that said, no, trust us, Orlando's. And he ran with the information. But running with the information and getting it wrong has changed the landscape of sports betting when it comes to insider information. When Orlando, the only benefit that somebody had to lie to Woj was to make money. I can't think. prove that. But there's no reason to lie to him when you have the first pick. If you had the second pick or the third pick or the 19th pick, lie to him. He's, you, you know, that's part of your job. You got the first pick and everybody knows it. You don't need to lie to anybody. So somebody made money on the lie. Somebody made a lot of money on the lie. And this story's not going to end because I, 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 and we all learned it, you know, and I feel bad for Woj because Woj, what Woe should have done is come out and said, look, somebody lied to me. I was told when he doubled down at one o'clock when we were doing our show and we both know that he had no reason to lie because he had the first pick in the draft. It kind of reassured it, but it also allowed people to keep betting the money at the number. The number didn't really go down anymore until later. Yeah. It's like the cover-up's worse than the crime, right? When he he just it's fine to get played, Michael, but I don't think he handled the progression thereafter all that well. And then you know he came across on TV as somebody that was um, certainly shook by what happened, and he kept on you know almost trying to clean up what he had done as opposed to just coming out and being like, "Look, I got misled. This is a dirty business, and that's the way it goes. And I'll be sure right. the Titan, you know, cross my what do you say? Cross the T's, dot the I's. I'll be I'll be sure in the future to make sure I triple source it or whatever he wants to say. But instead, he just said, "Ah, eh, you know, pretended like nothing happened." Pretend like they've had a change of heart when we know they didn't even call Ben Carroll. <laughs> they didn't have any change of heart. The, all no this betting heart. was being done. All this betting was being done 24 hours before their change of heart. And you know, to me, you know, to me, the the books are the are the ones who lost. I, I don't imagine. I imagine there was millions of dollars made off this oh, transaction, absolutely. assuming you could, because every book has a limit on how much you could spend. But that does. But there's a lot of books out there. Well, remember, Caesars said they 10x'd what they did as far as the overall number one pick market in the NFL. They 10x'd so you it know, in the NBA. Whoever had that information had multiple people making the same bet for them. I don't think 50 people knew. I think it was one or two people making the same bet. We're using, using runners, using different people to make their bet. Again, it, okay. it makes it, it makes it so intriguing, right? It's this it's insider trading. You're not sharing insider trading with everybody, and then in inst and then you double down. I mean, it would be like somebody saying, you know, Twitter's going to be sold today, and then the most reliable stock person and the expert on Twitter saying, "There's no chance we're selling." 
if you're looking think for, of it in that term. Yeah, no, that's a really think good way. Of that that's a, it's a tremendous way of putting it. I think. I, okay, I guess Santos. Let's try to get Elon Musk on the show. No, he's, yeah. I think he's involved. But quickly. Um, well, but I. I mean, look, look. It, it happens in the market. I mean, how do you make absolutely. money in the market? I mean, look look at the Sopranos, Lobistics. They made all that money on a fake company, right? In season two, Christopher's pushing Robistics or whatever the hell the name of that company <laughs> That's was. Right, I'm I sure Will that. bought some that stock. That's hilarious. Remember that? I mean, that that play that scenario out in your mind. I mean, you fill the false market, you make money, you get out. Nobody it's, knows. And as we've learned through compliance, it's a kind of a way to kind of get your money back in the business again. Man, before the Securities and Exchange Commission back in the day, people were getting loose on Wall Street, right? That you could yeah. just do whatever you want. That was yeah, like no Calvin doubt. Coolidge. Hey, um, quickly on the – oh, by the way, those – if you want a comprehensive write-up of what happened leading up to draft night, great job by Ben Fox over at VEASAN.com with yep. the expose. And while you're there, check out Michael Lombardi on a once-proud franchise, that being the Commanders. That one – you know and what? That I one made we, me feel we, sad. We should also – what you should also do is watch season two, episode one of The Sopranos and kind of get a feel for that, too, because that's exactly what we're talking about. What was the name of the company that he was trying to? Rob uh, Lobistics. Robistics, yeah, well, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> it was such a good episode. I might watch. You know what? You might be. I might watch. I mean, that remember, again. Chris, some guy took the test for Christopher right. so he could be the guy, and, you know, take it. I mean, th this is what we're dealing with. Feaston.com for those articles. Logistics. Yeah, that was such a funny one. All right, Robistics, I'll, logistics. I'll see you on Thursday, my friend, okay? Yes, sir. Okay, we bye. will be here. Thank you, Patrick. M. Lombardi NFL. You want to give him a follow? We're at Vison Live. And again, all the resources, including the betting splits, vison.com. But go check out those articles. I think you'll enjoy them. We'll see you Thursday. Coming up next, odds on here on Vison, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.